0: The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. How many had a life verse and then it kind of you changed or you got another verse and you got another verse? And boy, it's all good, isn't it? And God speaks to our hearts. And uh, sometimes there's just some things that are significant to us that kind of uh, jump out more than others. and God is doing a work, and let me say this this morning first. uh, We understand that it is God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. The Bible is clear uh, about that, and I want you to look at three things this morning, and they're very simple. And uh, you can write the outline this morning if you want to write the outline down. It's in the middle of your uh, bulletin this morning if that could be a help to you. If you want to just listen, that's fine. But I want us to be reminded as a church is gathered together for the purpose of worshiping God and for fellowship and to, uh, and, and to uh, consider one another and to provoke one another to love and to what? The Bible says good works. Uh, as we've come together to provoke each other to that, let's be reminded that's why God calls us together. Not just to worship but that we would consider each other and provoke each other to love and to good works. And as we do that this morning, part of that is my job as a pastor is to get up with the word of God. Hey, I believe the Holy Spirit does the work in our hearts. But I want you to see three things from the passage of Scripture that I believe that God thought was worth the work and that we should also think is worth the work. Number one, salvation. 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 It's the work that God did for us. It's the work that God did for us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 and 9, for by what? Grace are you saved through faith, and that not of what? Yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me submit to you this morning that you and I have not or are not continuing to work for our salvation, but God did the work completely for us. Did he not do that for us? Hey, when Jesus said, it is finished, what was he saying? The work, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is yet day. He said, I've got a time to do this work. And what work was he doing? He was working, he was performing, he was acting on our behalf because we could not perform, we could not act, we could not work on our own behalf. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. We understand as we look at the illustration that God gives in his word over and over again, for the wages of sin is death, but the what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I would submit to you this morning, church, from God's word that the Bible tells us that it is a gift that God has offered to us, but he worked to obtain it for us. In other words, it took Uh, Jesus, a great work. Don't you believe the work of salvation is a great work? It's not our works, it's His work. And it is a completed work. That's in the Lord Jesus Christ and only in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we understand what the Bible is telling us is that it is by grace that we're saved through what? Faith. It's belief in the work that Christ has done for us. In other words, I come to the Word of God and I see uh, Jesus Christ. We see Him in the Gospels, don't we? We love it at Christmas times. as We recognize as as, uh, He was incarnate, the Word became flesh. He became a man. He took on uh, the form of a man. He took on human flesh. He uh, became uh, a servant. He was made in fashion and likeness of men. Uh, And notice, He he, uh, humbled Himself and He worked, didn't He? The Bible tells us that God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we are sinners, Christ died for us. Did Jesus have to die? Yes, he did. Jesus had to die because it was the only way that the work could be accomplished. Did Jesus have to rise from the dead? Yes, he did because it was the only way that the work could be made manifest, revealed to us that he was exactly who he said he was before he died. Hey, listen, a lot of people had a hard time understanding, even the disciples' understanding that Jesus was going to have to die on the cross. Didn't he tell them that again and again? He said, hey, fellas, I'm going to have to be killed. I'm going to have to die. I'm going to be falsely accused. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be nailed to a cross. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And they just were baffled by the work that he was going to have to do. They didn't understand it. They didn't really comprehend it. But you notice uh, there's been, there was a time probably in your life where you didn't get it either. There was a time probably in your life where you grasped to understand or to comprehend. Uh, uh, come on, uh, as we consider this morning uh, the love of Christ. I mean, the Bible talks about what is the depth and the breadth and the height that we should be able to, what the Bible says, comprehend what is the breadth. You know, God has given us an bi- ability to understand, hasn't he? The Holy Spirit of God has indwelt us as believers and now given us an ability the natural man understandeth not the things of God. Their their foolishness unto him. He doesn't understand them, but what happens? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? The word of God. And the Bible tells us when the word of God is given, and the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and he delivers it to the heart of a man, he begins a good work in us. That work of salvation is complete. We don't have to, we can't add to it. We can't take away from it. We can't earn it. We can't merit it. We, we can't do anything for it, but it's given to us. Aren't you glad for that instantaneous moment, that, that, uh, that miracle where you pass from death to life where you were a child of the devil and you became a child of God where you were born the first time but then you got born again and the Bible says uh, if any man be in Christ he's a what? A new creature and I wonder this morning uh, has he, has he uh, caused you to be born again this morning? Because if it's you that's caused you then it's not the work that the Bible's talking about. If you did the work, if you earned the work, if you married the work, if you worked for it, come on, God is not asking you to do any work when it comes to salvation. He's asking you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You cannot do the work. He's already done the work. You know, I I like that book that we hand out Uh, And it's called done we have it in the back and the reason why I like it so much is because it it does a great job At at showing uh, people that most religions say do but christianity says done Most religions say you gotta you gotta you gotta you you gotta do this and you gotta do that And some people that's what they're doing just like that man that came up to jesus What must I do to inherit eternal life? And jesus said you can't You can't do anything You can't be good enough you can't work hard enough. You can't, listen, even if you gave up everything that you had and you went and sold it all and gave it to the poor, it wouldn't be enough. You could not accomplish it. Listen, every dollar, every ounce of sweat, every breath of your life, if you dedicated your entire life to the good of others and to helping humanity and to uh, doing, taking every dollar and dime, if you sold everything and you went to live in some poor impoverished area just to help people, none of those things would earn you eternal life. You cannot Earn what you, what you cannot work, what's already been paid for. It's a gift, the Bible says. But we understand a gift is paid for by the giver, not by the receiver. So did Jesus pay for it? Oh, I'm with the songwriter, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had led a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. He cleansed us, he washed us, He, he forgave us, and he made us new, and he saved us. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ, to him be all the honor and the glory and the praise. And God help us when we try to come alongside and take a little of the credit for it when we think that we had something to do with it when we think that it was us and that 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 we somehow deserved it or merited it i'm not as bad as other people that i know there's some other people in this world that are worse than me that have done worse that lived lives that were worse than me come on maybe that's you this morning you come to christ and or you come to church and you hear this week after week that you're a sinner and you say i'm not so bad understand you didn't have to become so bad you didn't have to do so much You were born in sin. You were born a sinner. We don't sin to become sinners. We sin because we are sinners. That's why nobody taught us to do wrong. Hey, it's just natural to us. I understand that perhaps maybe you haven't committed as many sins of the flesh as some have committed. But how about the sins of the spirit? Jesus revealed that to those that were religious that thought they were good, didn't he? He said, "I say unto you, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you committed adultery. If you hate your brother, you've killed him." Now we were looked at at human standards and say, "No way." Lust isn't adultery and hatred isn't murder. I, I would never say that I committed adultery if I lust. I would never say. But listen, what did Jesus say? You sinned, you're just the same. You need a savior and you're looking at yourself as being okay when God's word says there is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, we are all sinners and come short sure of the glory of God. You say, why are you focusing so much on my sin? Because often when people won't see themselves as who the Bible says that they are, it is the hurdle that keeps them from the Savior. And God needs you to see yourself the way the Bible says uh, you are, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, not someone that's good that needs to be better. Some people, when they come to Jesus Christ, and say, I'm good, and i just like to be better than what I am. The Bible says that you were condemned the Bible says that you were under the wrath of God. The Bible says you are of your father, the devil. The Bible says uh, that the wages of your sin is death, and death and hell were cast in lake of fire. This is the second death. You say, that sounds a lot like hellfire and brimstone. Pastor, uh, the truth is this morning that Jesus spoke more of hell than he did of heaven, because there is a hell, just like as much as there is a God. And people do, and people who think that they're good, go there. And listen, it would behoove you and I uh, to think that we're good enough to stand before God and say, Hey, I made it here because I was good. God says, Oh, no, there's only one that is good, and that is Jesus Christ. And he was killed. He was made to be sin for you who knew no sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God through him. The only way you and I have become righteous is we are clothed in his righteousness. And all of our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. Salvation, notice what it says in verse number 6. "Being confident of this very thing. It's he with hath begun a good work in you. Hey, listen, has God begun a good work in you? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross of Calvary and been saved? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm not saying have you made a profession of faith or have you prayed a par- prayer or joined the church or even got baptized? I'm not asking you whether you're conservative or you vote Republican or you're an American citizen or you think yourself to be good uh, because you're doing good for humanity. I'm asking you, are you born again? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? It's the most important question that you and I have to answer. I believe the Word of God and Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ to get life. We come to Lord Jesus Christ because He is life. Jesus is life. He is the truth. We understand that when we see Jesus. Hey, one day, Christian, we're going to see him and be like him and we're going to understand. We're going to know as, even as also we're known. We see through a glass darkly right now, but aren't you glad that one day, even though I can't comprehend why Jesus would save me, why he would die for me, why he would take my place, why he wouldn't just let me die and go to hell as I deserve to be. I, I'm thankful for salvation this morning. How about you? Well, to move us... It ought, to, it ought to stir us. It ought to cause gratitude in our hearts as we understand salvation is a work that God does for us and not a work that you can do for yourself. We can never do it for ourselves. Number two this morning is salvation is a work that God does for us. Number two, sanctification is a work that God does in us. Sanctification is a work that God does in us. A lot of Christians believe, they say, well, as As much as uh, salvation is a work that God's done for me, sanctification is a work that I'm going to do for God. The truth is, as much as you couldn't save yourself, you can't sanctify yourself. The Holy Spirit of God sanctifies uh, it is him that has begun the good work, and it is he that completes and is faithful to complete that good work. Does that mean that he's, he's, he's uh, uh, in a position now where one day you're going to be saved? No, no, I said salvation is a work that's complete. Sanctification is a work that is not yet complete in your life. You know how I know that? Because you're still here. You and I are still here. If God has allowed us to be here, you know, as we look around the room, you're not going to find, hey, listen, you can find an error. You can find a fault. You can find a hypocrisy. You can find a criticism in every person in this room. Every person. Don't look at one person and say they're a hypocrite. Look in the mirror and say, I see another one. The truth is that all of us are hypocrites. All of us, all of us are fake All of us are frauds. All of us, all of us have reason, if you would, to pick and understand that we have not arrived. Anybody arrived yet? Anybody perfect? You say, well, I'm trying real hard. The truth is, it doesn't matter how hard you try, it doesn't matter how much you try, uh, you're not going to be accomplished a work that only God's Spirit can accomplish within you. Some people after salvation, they try to live out the Christian life apart from God's spirit like they're the ones that are sanctifying themselves. They come before God and say, hey God, I'm here to do that work. I'm here to sanctify, to make myself better. You know, the truth is that as there's only one good thing about us, if we've been saved, it's Jesus Christ. The only person who can do the work of sanctification is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he begins a good work. And he's faithful to complete the good work. You know what Paul was saying to that church? It's Philippi, the same thing the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Hey, you're not complete. You're not complete. You haven't arrived. You know what that means? It doesn't matter you've been saved for two days or 20 years or 40 years. You're not done. You're not complete. You're not finished. You haven't arrived. There's work yet to be done in you. All of us know that, but some of us deny that because it's a lot easier to do that. Come on, at, at all of us on some level are in denial on that. We think we're good enough because we're church members. We're good enough because we've been saved we've been baptized. We're good enough because we regularly attend the service. We're good enough because we do this or because we do, do, do that. We don't do that to become good enough. We're going to get to the next point. But the truth is, He's working in us. He gives us new desires. Anybody, since you've been saved, got some new desires? Got some new wants? Stop liking stuff you used to like and started uh, liking stuff you didn't used to like. Some of you like some stuff today, like going to church that you said years ago was crazy. And you know what? Now all your friends, old friends, before you came to Christ, think you drank the Kool-Aid. They think you joined the cult. You go, how many times? You do what? What are you going to do today? Come on, it's Sunday, it's football day, it's you day, it's downtime day, it's fishing day, it's whatever day. Hey, it's the Lord's day. It's his day. Why are we here today? We're here today because he's begun a good work and he's completing it. Isn't he? He's doing that work. He's doing that work in us. God doesn't put us in a perfect environment. He wants us to understand that He's perfect and He's able to do it. Because, hey, listen—if your environment, if the Church of Living God was perfect this morning, and you went to a perfect church, you could give some men the credit. You could say, "Oh, because I go to such a—that's why. I'm, that's why the work's been accomplished." No, 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 no. It can be done in imperfectness. Hey, look at that circle of people that follow Jesus. Look at the twelve. Can you find any reason to criticize? Can you find something that falls short? You say, what do you mean? The disciples. You say, well, we know Judas, okay, so we'll rule him out. Was there anybody else that were believers that were around Jesus that were perfect? No. Were they in perfect circumstances? No. Did everything go optimum in their life? No, did everybody treat them right? Did they always treat each other right? As a matter of fact, in some of the positions that we see Jesus in, right before he knelt to wash their feet, they argued over who was the greatest. Right before Jesus would go to the cross and give them one of of those perfect and wonderful pictures of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, hey, this too in remembrance of me, before that happened, they're arguing over who's the best. Who's the greatest? Jockeying for position, being envious of one another, uh, judging one another, seeing each other as being this or being that. Hey, they were all doing it. Hey, listen, we're guilty of the same. But the truth is God's doing that work, isn't he? Peter, boy, he denied Jesus three times. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, Peter, don't be afraid. I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. What's he saying to Peter? Hey, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Hey, you're going to get through this. This is going to happen. You're going to fail. You're going to fall, but I'm going to be there to pick you up. I'll be on the other side. Hey, did Jesus make good on his word? Peter denied the Lord three times, and then what happened? Jesus died and went, went to the cross, and he died, and he thought, it's all over. I failed him. It's done. And all of a sudden, he sees somebody on the seashore. He sees a fire stirring up by the shore, and a man that's, Looks like Jesus. It cannot be. Jesus is there on the shore. And what is he doing? He's there and he makes some fish. Little fire. He feeds Peter. He ministers to him. He comes to him and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? What's he saying? Hey, listen, remember when you denied me three times. Remember when you failed me. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. I want you to grow. I want you to be more like Christ. I want you to follow me. Keep following me. I'm going, but greater things shall you do because I go to my father. Was, was Jesus talking to a perfect individual? No. Who are we confident being confident of this very thing that he, that he, who is he? Jesus Christ, which hath begun a good work in you. Hey, listen, don't be confident in you this morning. Be confident in him this morning. Some of you say, you need uh, self-confidence. No, we need savior confidence. Uh, we we don't need self-confidence. We got enough self-confidence. People need to be self. They need to build up their self-esteem. The truth is, is. You'll lie to yourself. You'll deceive yourself. Your uh, emotions will go up and down and people will treat you right sometimes and treat you wrong other times. But the truth is, we don't do what's right because people treat us right. We don't do what's right because everybody else is doing right. We don't do what's right because our circumstances are optimum. We don't do what's right because everybody else is doing it or not doing it. Or Hey, we do what's right because we have a Christ within us and he is doing that work in us. Come on, are you with me this morning? Sanctification. It's progressive, isn't it? He began the good work. He's faithful to complete the work. Hey, but is it complete? Come on, shake your head. Wake up this morning. Is it complete? It's not complete. It's not complete. It hasn't been done. It hasn't been complete. Uh, He completed the work of salvation, but he has not completed the work of your sanctification. You're still here. You haven't arrived. There's still work to be done. He's still working on me, we tell the kids, right? To make me what I ought to be. He's still doing that work in us. He is faithful to complete. Salvation is complete. The Bible tells us this. Our sanctification is not. Number three, service. Service is the work that he does through us. Is the work that God does through us. The Bible says that he does a work in us and he wants to do a work through us. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is what Paul was speaking of as he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the removing of your mind, that ye may what? Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What was he saying? He was saying there's work yet to be done. There's a work that began in you that God is faithful to complete, the work of salvation is complete. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved. Sanctification is going to continue. But there's a work that you need to do, and you need to do it with your body. There's something to be done. Uh, didn't Jesus speak to that when he said to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You with me? Is that a command? Do we need to do something? And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Do we need to do something? Yes, he tells us to do something. He says there's a work to be done. Listen, you cannot study any person who's been saved in the scriptures and you cannot study their life and tell me there wasn't anything they had to do after they got saved. They didn't do it to get saved, they didn't do it to get sanctified. They did it because, as Paul said, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. At the beginning of the passage of Scripture, what did he identify himself and Timothy as? Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. Who made them servants? Well, Jesus did. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus just make Paul and Timothy servants, or did he make us all servants? Didn't he call us all to serve? He called us all to serve. He called us all to be involved. Uh, there's uh, there's a, a body that we are joined to. It's called the body of Christ. And in that body, hey, I'm glad that my body is functioning right now. There, there's tasks that are being uh, done. There's work that's being done. I'm glad that that's happening. Hey, the body of Christ, are there not tasks to do? Are there not functions within the body? And the Bible says, ye being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace is given unto you. And he goes on to say, what your gift is, do it. What, what God has gifted you, what God has uh, allowed you, what God has enabled you to do, do it. You know, some people look at other people's gifts and they say, I can't do what they do, so I'll do nothing. The best thing you can do is say, what can I do? And I'll do it. What am I able to do? We're not to look at someone else's gift and want to have their gift. The Bible says we're not to be envious of one another. We're not to desire another gift. We're not to desire someone else's gift. But what is our gift we're supposed to use? You say, I'm having a hard time figuring out what my gift is. Well, find something you can do and start doing it. Find something you can do. The wonderful thing about the body of Christ Hey, listen, sometimes as we live in a reality television world. We live in a look and watch world. Come on, aren't we, as we watch sports, amazed at what other people can do with their bodies while we sit and eat? We're amazed at watching through the window of the amazing feats that can be accomplished by others, and we watch and we sit and we sit. And we sit, and if, you, if not long, you'll sit and watch that thing for the rest of your life, and you won't do anything while you watch other people do things. We like to live vicariously through others. as uh, We understand the stars uh, that are in this world as far as uh, those that are entertainers and athletes and musicians and uh, people who are objects of others' worship. Uh, they are connected, right? Everybody's watching. They feel connected to them socially and through social networks and all these things that are in the world. And what are people doing? They're fans, but they're not living. They're spectators, but they're not doing. You know, I, I never uh, watched, we were, I had privilege this, this week to go to a baseball game and, and I brought my son and, you know, I didn't sit there and go, boy, you know, well, sometimes maybe I do. Anybody ever watch a game and say, boy, I wish I could hit a ball like that? Boy, I wish I could run like that. Boy, I wish I could catch like that. But the truth is, if I just sat there all day long and looked at someone else and wished I could do what they did, I'd be pretty depressed at the end of the day. I couldn't stay at the game and sit in the seat for the rest of my life and wish I could do what someone else could do. I had to get up and go back to reality. Some people don't like to do that. They don't like to be reminded that there's a life that they need to live. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we'll come and we'll make the pews... Our bleachers will make it the place where we sit and watch instead of where we, uh, if you would, get a little word and a little, come on, this is more like uh, the coach uh, giving the speech uh, to the players before we head out the tunnel to the life that needs to be lived out there. Are you with me? Come on, it's like halftime. We've come in to listen, and I'm here this morning. I want to edify you. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. Come on, you see those, uh, we all like hearing the coach, and as long as he's not grabbed us by the face mask, face mask and yelled at us, we love watching him do it to someone else. Though, so. Boy, he gets fired up and gets out there and gets ready to do something, and we love that, we think that's okay. But pastor, don't, don't do that to me. I don't want to be stirred. I don't want to do it. Come on. Hey, listen, if we're failing as God's church, we need to be stirred up. If we're not doing what we should be, if we're not using the gift as God has given us, if we're not going to run out the tunnel today and, and leave this place, because we don't live here, we're going to go out of this place that we've gathered and there's a life to be lived. You're going to go back to your jobs and your families and your homes and your neighbors and people you interact with. Hey, there's something to be accomplished, isn't there? There's a service to do. It's not just here. Sometimes in the church and the body of Christ, we learn to serve. By serving one another in hopes that we learn to serve those who would never serve us back. We learn to serve others who can do nothing for us. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke to the religious group and he said, Hey, listen, if you only invite people who invite you, if you only love people who love you, if you, I remember being a kid, all, we all had those friends, right? We went to their house and then they invited us to their house. And we just went back and forth, went back and forth. And we just so focused on the people who would invite us and we would invite that we missed the real purpose of why we had what we have to serve. Come on, we need to grow beyond that. Jesus said the pagans do that. Jesus said the publicans do that. The tax collectors do that. He said, how much are we better than they if we just get involved with those people that love us and those people that like us and we're not reaching to those who have need? We're not reaching to those who need to be loved, who perhaps cannot love us back. Some are satisfied with the resources and luxuries they have in the prosperity gospel that's being preached today. But the truth is, is God has gifted you with resources. He wants you to use them to serve others. He does. Well, that shakes us up from our comfort zones. But can I remind you this morning, the church of God is not called to be comfortable. The church of God is called to the faith life. And faith is what pleases God. You know, when I get comfortable, I know that often God's got to put that pressure. Anybody ever build muscles while you were comfortable? Other than the one that it takes to move that thing, uh, you know, to put the footrest up, right? That's about it. I mean, maybe the right bicep. I don't know what it is, but uh, that's about it. You know, I don't know what it is, but sometimes we work hard on our comfort zones. Listen, while we live in a world that really focuses on the body, People will work out with their bodies, but they won't work out spiritually. They spend more time, hey, listen, focusing on the outward appearance while saying the outward appearance doesn't even matter. They'll say, hey, listen, outward appearance doesn't matter, but they spend all their time on it. They spend all their time so people can see on the outside while saying it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Hey, listen, spiritually, we need to get to work. God's done the work of salvation Sanctification is the work that he continues through us, but hey, church, service is the work that God calls us all to. He says, I've done the work of salvation. You're not called to do that. You can't do that. I'm going to continue the work of sanctification through you, but as that happens, you're going to serve. And by the way, can I remind us all that sometimes service is part of the sanctification process that God does. God gives us opportunity to get up and to do something. You say, there's nothing to do. Yes, there is. There's a whole world out there that needs to hear the gospel. And as a church, we can do more together than we can do alone. You may not be comfortable with going by yourself, but we're not asking you to. We would go together. We'd go together and invite people uh, to come hear the preaching of the gospel and be saved. We can go together and preach the gospel and share the gospel with people. We'd go together and serve people. We'd go together and love people. Hey, as a matter of fact, Don't we all support the work of the ministry here so we can bring people in and serve them? Isn't that the point? The point is not so that we have more amenities and social services for ourselves, our members. The point is, is that the members get involved doing a lot of work so that we can provide services for those that are not yet come in and been saved. We want them to come in. Hey, we don't have... Uh, activities for the point of just serving us. Yes, sanctification. Yes, we want to help to grow. Yes, we have the Bible studies and all those things, but the truth is we're we're trying to have a place where people can come and hear the gospel. We're, we want to have ministries where people can come and hear the truth of the gospel and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I'm glad when people come in and see saved people, good marriages, people that love each other and Children obeying their parents and the Lord, and families growing together in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad when people come in to see that because I believe the gospel works. I believe it works. Do you believe it works? The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The truth is, the gospel works. The good news works. The good news works. What happens when it doesn't work? What happens when we don't do the work? You know what happens to a body of Christ that stops sharing the gospel, that stops being a witness, that stops? Hey, it doesn't have a function anymore. And it surely doesn't need God's power or blessing. God turns us over to our own devices rather than us having God's hand, God's direction, God's blessing. We're not here to be a distraction or to a claw for our position or uh, for what we want, our preferences this morning. We're here to say, hey, listen, God, thank you for the work that you've done for us. God, thank you for the work that you're continuing to do in us. And out of gratitude, like James said, I'm going to show my faith by my works. I'm going to show my faith by my works. The truth is this morning is a lot of people say, hey, the Bible's the authority for faith. Can I remind us it's authority for practice? You can't say I believe God's word and not live it. Because what we li- what we believe, we live. Hey, I didn't say perfectly. I'm not living it out perfectly. How about you? I fail all the time, just like you do. Anybody else with me this morning? Imperfectly, I said it this morning, not complete. I'm talking to me too. I'm not done. I haven't arrived. Thank the Lord, he's changed me. Thank the Lord, he is changing me. Somebody said that to me the other day. They said, you changed. I said, thank the Lord I have. Praise the Lord, I hope I've changed. I hope God's changed me. I hope he continues to change me because I'm not enough. I need to be changed. ask God all the time, God changed me. God changed me. I need to be changed. Anybody else need to be changed this morning? Besides the babies in the nursery? Why do we change them? Because they need to be changed. Why does God change us? Because we make messes too and he needs to change us. We get dirty, don't we? We need to be changed. I'm glad that God cares enough for us to change us. To make us more like him. You with me? Let's not resist his work, and let's not resist each other's work. Let's not judge each other's work. Let's get involved in the work. It's easy to sit on the sidelines. Anybody, uh, anybody like the couch coach? Anybody like the couch referee? I do. Do it all the time. Oh, if I was in the game, I'd call it. If I was the referee, I'd called it. We think all the time. If I was this, if I was that, it does the church. If I was a pastor, I'd, if I was this, I'd do. If I was, no, no, you are who you are. What are you doing? What are you doing? What can you do? Oh, we can listen to all the people. I, I was sitting, there was a guy behind us, and and boy, after a few innings, he was not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he was under the influence of something else. He's sitting there, and boy, he's yelling at the referee, and he's or yelling at the umpire, and he's yelling at the players, and, He's yelling at the coach, and before long, people turn around like, are you serious? Come on, man. We all know. We know they're not perfect. We know they could have done this, and they could have done this. Come on, we're all watching the same game here. We want them to win, but we know they're not perfect. Why can't we see that in the body of Christ? Come on, you know what winning is? We have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Winning is us letting the Lord to work in us and through us, and not hindering that work. Can we hinder that work? The Bible says we can. We hinder our own prayer life, and hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. You can hinder. Hey, listen, if you're not saved this morning, you know you turn it off, turn the Word of God off. You say, "I'm not listening to that. I got my life to live. I don't want I don't want the life He has to offer." You know what? I do? You're hindering the work. Paul tried to hinder the work, didn't he? God showed up. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks, isn't it, Paul? He's trying to. He's trying to do the work. You know what he got to the point to? He surrendered. He surrendered. He said, "God help me." Anybody else feel like that? Low battery this morning. All right. <laughs> I think that was my. I thought that was my alarm for a second. <laughs> Tell me, my battery was low. The truth is today, hey, listen, that's who we are without Christ, isn't it? We need His power. We need His strength. Salvation the work he does for us, sanctification, the work he does in us, service, the work he does through us. Is there work to be done? Yes. We need to be involved in that. Be thankful for his work that he's done for us and the work he's doing in us. And boy, if we're really thankful for that, we can get busy doing the work and serving God together. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.